Bro, I saw the interview that she did during Age of Ultron, and she was like, oh, I would love to do anything kind of House of M, like, homage. So like, that'll never happen, though. So one of my, uh, so uh, my friend's fiance, um, Cassie, I think House of M is her favorite, favorite comic storyline of all time. It's it's really fucking good. Yeah, like she, 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 she was like the well, stuck strange spoilers and stuff. But when it got into Illuminati and everything, she was like, "Is this something happening? <laughs> and where's this at?" Yeah, no, uh, yeah. If if you read if you don't read comics, like I can give you like some like good like events to read and just read you can just read like that run like house of m1 2 3 and all that um but yeah house of m is really good um it's it's fucking insane um, and then that plays into secret invasion which is yes yeah, uh, uh, secret invasion is uh, the scroll war but i'm kind of wondering how that's going to take place here um, considering like the scrolls that we've been introduced to are sort of friendly, they're you know they're just yeah. We uh, can't and, get like a rogue, like a rogue yeah. subcell of fucking. Yeah, MCU's done a good job of like kind of taking the stories and sort of twisting them. In their own. They're not doing the whole JJ Abrams thing where they just switch the roles in a sense. Yeah. Um, they're, they're they're giving up a little bit more fluff to to that. One of my favorite things the MCU has done is uh is really uh, do a really good adaptation of Civil War because in uh, the comics, dude, like, Tony is just in the fucking wrong. Like, they they don't really do a great job. Like, you understand why Tony's doing the thing he does in the, in the Civil War comic, but he's, like, clearly just on the wrong side of history on that one. Um, <laughs> and, it, and in the movie, they made it way more nuanced and, like, it's a real problem that tears up friends. It's fucking, it's so good. I love the way they did Civil War for the MCU. And that, that was actually, well, actually, let's start the podcast. Let's, 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 let's intro the podcast, and then, then we'll, we'll go into my question I got for you. All right, sounds good, man. You send one of theirs to the morgue. You don't know what hard times are, daddy. A paradigm shift. Good morning, everyone. Uh... <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Missing the Marks uh, with your co-host, me and Kyle. We'd like to welcome you back. Say hi. Happy, happy tidings and everything. Um, wherever you are, whenever time you're listening at the world, we're always happy to have you listening to us. And um, happy that you're giving us a chance to just, you know, be part of your rotation for podcasts and stuff. I know there's a lot of things and critiques out there and uh, just, just a lot of good content people put out there, man. And we're glad that we're one of them that you enjoy. Um, as always, you could find us on Google Pod- Podcast, Spotify. Interviews are up on YouTube, and we got four of them right now with Chip Garrison, Avery Bro, Brooke Havoc, and the one and only Alan Angels. Uh, well, you know, there's probably like another Alan Angels out there, but no one does it better, baby. <laughs> uh, you know, it's been a good week for us. It's been it's been a good damn week i'm i'm enjoying myself i'd like to say one thing real quick i think i can't remember what episode it was but i did make a promise that i was gonna keep y'all posted and updated on how the weight loss is going kyle knows this but uh 24 pounds down baby we're 24 pounds down the marks are getting healthy i'm getting healthy um and it's been going pretty good man i got compliments people were like hey you're looking pretty good yesterday you know i was 
Like you could see that in your face, you could see it, the clothes fitting better. So I was like, hell yeah, man. I'm feeling pretty, pretty damn good about that. Kyle, by the way, how are you? How are you doing this morning? Oh man, I'm doing good. Like you said, it's been a good week. Uh, got some stuff done around the house this past week. Uh, got some things for my, uh, for my personal life, getting, getting worked out. I'm really happy and excited for things in the personal life. Uh, been a good week, dude. I'm actually down about seven pounds uh, from last week. So I've been eating cleaner, uh, doing some bag work in the garage. And, dude, oh, my God. I almost, I thought I almost was going to pass out because it was, you know, like 110 degrees or whatever. And the humidity is like 300%. Oh, my God. I was like – it was like that kind of exhausted from the heat where your lungs feel heavy. And I, I felt I felt like go I felt like Yamcha when he tries to flex nuts and go into the the gravity <laughs> chamber. That's how I felt. I felt like Vegeta going in there and going in that bitch. And then by the end of it, I was Yamcha just crawling, screaming, and crying to get out. Ugh, oh, I was insane. Yeah, man. Like I uh, <laughs> uh, ten to hundred times gravity. Remember Goku's training like that on the way to Namek. Oh, like Goku's a freaking menace, man. The whole time on the way to Namek, he was just legit training. Training his ass off forever. How long that that ride was, I can't remember. I bet I, I bet you my brother would know it like within a fucking second. But Aaron, how long did Goku train <laughs> on the way to Namek? Like how long was this? Time? Uh, all about like uh, la 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 la. Motherfuckers <laughs> encyclopedia. <laughs> I tried having like he's he's always corrects me on shit when it comes to Dragon Ball. It took six days for Goku to get to Namek. Yeah, but what that that uh wasn't that like a mini hyperbolic time chamber though? Yeah, uh, no, no, no. It was just, it was just normal. The only thing oh, he had was, was the gravity. The gravity. Setting. Okay, so he trained for six days to basically fuck up this dude. Fuck up, freeze at a hundred times gravity. But I, I think you know, you know, Dragon Ball Z is one of those shows where I'm kind of glad I saw it all as a kid because I can just revisit like the highlights because some of those, some of the parts in Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, like man, it's a drag, like. Oh my god! Especially like when you get hyped for Goku getting on Namek, he fucks up Raccoon, Burner, Jace, and then he gets bodied a little bit by Captain Ginyu because you know Captain Ginyu goat, uh, even as a frog, uh, and then he spends like the like a good am- like more episodes than he was there, back in a in a like resting pod. Some of, some of the pacing is wild. I will kind of disagree with that. I thought the build up from like, well. You gotta you gotta watch uh you gotta watch Dragon Kai. Ball right you no no Kai. no you no watch? no you watch Dragon Ball like so if if I had to recommend anyone getting into Dragon Ball like the series itself you need to watch the original fun Funimation dub with Bruce Falconer you just have to it makes everything so much more impactful I've seen I've this is how this is how much I I've died I'll die on this hill because I've watched like um, YouTubers <laughs> I watch streamers and everything. Uh, who go and react to like older clips? Like some guys yeah. are like, "Oh yeah, we like Kai," and everyone's like, well, "You should go watch the the Funimation dub." And they're like, what? Yeah, there's this. It was a soundtrack back in the day. Um, well, so the build a little bit of DBZ history here. Like, it's gone through so many iterations and so many dubs. Um, the the ones that we saw growing up, Kyle, was called the Ocean Dub because I think it was getting dubbed like Australia or out of New Zealand or something like that. Basically, it wasn't yeah. like the, the in-house Funimation dub, but it was airing on Tsunami. So I don't know if you remember, and my brother was the one that kind of uh, brought this up because I, I remember bits and pieces about it. But like when uh, 
you would watch when we would get home from Tsunami, it would always reset. It would always get up to the point where Goku landed on Namek and it would restart over again back from zero. So we grew up with the fun. We grew up with the ocean dub from like the point of where Goku, uh, <clears throat> where Dragon Ball Z begins and all the way up until the, the Namek saga begins where Goku lands on Namek. And then Funimation decided, hey, you know what? We're going to do our own in-house dub of DBZ. And that's the Bruce Falconer version that we got with the characters and voice actors we all know and love today. Um, but that was her first reiteration. And, oh, dude, that is, it's so, damn, show's running all over the place. It's so good, man. The soundtrack <laughs> is amazing. Everything's so impactful. Like, I am, re- I'm a really big dude on, like, immersion. Yeah, and I feel like a good soundtrack is the, is the thing that, like, keeps you, keeps you there keeps you suspended in belief and stuff like that like you know danny elfman during the, the doctor strange movie like you Ooh, know, the, the boy, soundtrack was really shit. good yeah and then like i i know you've never played final fantasy the mmo but the soundtrack like when you're going through the story and like through key moments and cutscenes and stuff it builds it up even more and it like brings it out even more and i like the, like the original dbz funimation dub just does that like man uh so give, shoot, let me. I'm, I'm actually gonna play like uh, Look at this boy. Look at this boy. I'm, I'm, He's like, getting wild. Yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I'm getting a little high because, like, for example, you talked about the pacing issue uh, that happened when Goku like came and and and, and fought uh, the Ginyu Force, and I didn't have no qualms about that because this Goku's just standing there, right? Uh, and the song plays, you know, like he comes out and Jason Bird are like, hey, let's do the try attack and they're just like sipping all over him. And Goku's just there like, these motherfuckers. And then they're like, <laughs> Jason Bird are like, tr- are like goading him and stuff. And then Goku finally throws a punch and he's like, what? I thought you wanted me to start fighting. And these dudes are like, oh and shit. He does, he does a little breakdance leg sweep combo move. Hell yeah. yeah. And then, like, he finally gets pissed. And when a song, when this song right, that's playing right now gets to, like, the the breakdown, that's when Goku, like, powers up. And he just sends everyone flying. And it's just like, oh, my God. Like, it, that, that, that's, because I, I rewatched Dragon Ball Z, like, two, two years ago with the Funimation dub and everything. Like, I, I watched it how I was supposed to, like, I watched it, like, if I was a kid. Again, I did the Ocean dub. And then right at, like, when Goku lands on Namek. And he fights Jason Berger. I think it's episode 66 or 68. I'm pretty sure it's 66, but may not. Uh, ask my brother about it. He'll probably, be, he'll, he'll probably know the answer. That's when the Funimation dub takes over and then Goku lands. And this is a song that's playing when Jason Berger is fighting him. And it sets the tone. So right here, this part is where Goku powers up and sends everyone flying. He's like, he puts out both his hands. He's like, ah! And then everyone just goes flying. And I was like, <laughs> boom. And the reason why Guinea was giving him such a hard time was because that body swap thing and stuff. Yeah, but like, that's literally the only reason he got a little bit bodied. Him, but intended. like, shoot, man. You, you watched the Funimation dub growing up, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. I, I definitely did. It was really great. Like I said, I just think there's some weird pacing issues between like the big events of the show that like... You really feel, because uh, I rewatched it a couple years back when I was uh, living in Austin, and uh, I like just like the beginning parts, like during the whole training, like I wouldn't even call it. F- I mean, I mean there is filler when you do the Snake Way, but like even Snake Way itself kind of felt like we we dragged that out a little bit, like excluding the filler. But I mean, I still love Dragon Ball Z. I I love going back to watch a Dragon Ball because it's so tonally different, and people expect. When people watch Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball Super and they expect Dragon Ball to be that, it's not. Dragon Ball is an adventure. 
it's not all about the fighting. There's fighting that just happens a lot, especially during the tournament arcs, which are really great. But I love the adventure feel of Dragon Ball, especially the oh. first season, the first yeah. arc. Oh, so good. Dude, this the, Dragon Ball is going is always will forever be my favorite anime. I'm not saying it's the best. I'm just saying it's my favorite because I just grew up with this. Like, listen, listen to this song. Like, this is when Goku like and Freeze are talking to each other, and like the like oh, the build up to that fight was so goddamn good because like Goku comes and like you see his power and progression, and then Freeze is just like this king shit. And like the way like when he goes through his forms, like he stabs Krillin with the second form, and he's just there like. He Whoa, gores Krillin, the and then like he's like he's like tilting his head back and forth, and like you just literally see the horn cut up Krillin, like, and it was gory, like there was blood coming out of him, and like the the voice actors was conveying the pain that Krillin was in. Oh my god, man, it was just like I really that's why I really loved about DBZ, and I think DBZ really set the tone. I'm pretty sure there's animes before that that did it as well, but I, I feel like DBZ really nailed the formula of having people team up for against one challenge like everyone in a way played their part against frieza you know you had dende healing him you had vegeta come out and distract him for a little bit and do his shit and give a spill you had goku uh even gohan like you started to get hints of how strong gohan was because he got pissed and like he took a shot at frieza and frieza was like who the fuck is this kid and it's just like oh man it's all it's all so good but Shit, man. <laughs> I go on. We can. Do, I could talk about Dragon Ball all fucking day, to be honest. With you. Yeah, like, we, manga, we need to. We need to just hang out, like like outside of an episode, and just talk Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball. Z like like the the manga has been pretty good too. Like I'm keeping up with the manga chapters. Right oh, now. Super has been pretty great. Yeah, I've yeah. Been really like it. like I people people been saying it's okay and it's not the best because it kind of and you know it might or might not rehash some of the same formulas and tropes and stuff like that. But I feel like once it gets to the anime, Dragon Ball, I feel like translates really well once it becomes an anime because you get to see the fights animated out and like a, yeah. a lot of these things with like dragon balls and stuff is like it's a monthly series so a new chapter comes out every month but they they could probably do a new season of super after this movie comes out and they'll have at least two or three seasons or arcs worth of content and then wherever they go from there like they, they could do another solid like 120 episodes right now yeah and oh, maybe man. throw in some, be, some I'd watch filler it or whatever yeah Ugh, man. We're like good, right now. Good yeah, good times right now. <laughs> like God. Like like saying going back to the, how the week was and everything, and you know the more personal intricate de details and all that. But I had a conversation with my friend. Uh, she invited me out with her husband, and he's a British guy and loved the dude to death. He's really cool. Love talking to him. We'll talk politics. We'll talk stuff happening in the world. Just a real good you know shooter and everything and all that. But um, he's uh you know he's I've been. Talking about Premier League and everything because he's a he's a West Ham fan. <laughs> nice. And um, I told him about you know how I knew this guy who was a Tottenham Spurs fan. He was like, oh okay, you know, well, whatever. <laughs> and how you would probably fight Arsenal fans. <laughs> oh God, they're the scum of the earth. I'll fight every fucking Arsenal fan out there. But like, the Premier League's actually pretty good right now because. Um, Manchester and Liverpool are like neck and neck in terms of points, and I think the season's probably got like two or three weeks left. So I'm kind of wondering how that's going to turn out and who's going to be the champ. Because I mean, one of my buddies brought we brought up a good point too that hell, there's no playoff system for Premier League, so they're just literally sitting on a shit ton of money. Like the top six teams should be going at it, like in not a round table or something, but like one on one elimination. You extend the season four weeks, get playoffs, and have an actual champion. 
like I said, you're leaving money on the table, but whatever. Premier League does their own shit. <laughs> I think it's goofy. Nah, I love I love the way the Premier League works. I think I think every every sports body in the world should should operate the way the Premier League does. Because I mean, it makes it makes stakes matter, and it makes your your winning record and your track record matter as a club to grow and uh, not get pushed down into the feeder leagues. I, I I love that's probably one of my favorite aspects about the Premier League. I think I talked about this already, but I mean, come on, if you're gonna be like like why are you rewarded for being a shit ass team and you just get to just stay in the league? Like, like when, oh man, like when the Lions back in the day, 2007, I think, went 0-16, and, and they just got a bunch of fucking first-rounders. Fuck that. Go to the fucking D-Leagues, baby. Bring that <laughs> kind of shit into the fucking major sports leagues in the States. I, I, I like I like the system that American sports have with the first-round draft pick and stuff like that because it brings new hope that, hey, maybe this team will finally get their shit together and stuff like and, and Not for the like Cowboys. Not that. Yeah, we're, we're, they're gonna suck forever. They're gonna play against the Bucks. <laughs> like, dude, I have no faith. I have, like, shh, I already, I already said my piece, man. Like, it's just uh. despair and nihilism. God dang it, man. I just, what, whatever. Fuck it. But I like, I like the systems I have set up. And by the way, dude, the freaking playoffs, man, for NBA have been phenomenal. The, the oh my god, did sun, you see sun, that sun, one sun, ass Dallas. beating? Um, yeah, Memphis, Memphis came out oh. to play, but. Charles Barkley was mentioning how, like, yeah, the Warriors were just—they they didn't care. They're like, yeah, fuck it, we'll, it's a gimme game. If we—if they're like, we could do this here. It's just an off shooting night. But then we get back and we win. We win at home, and then, you know, there's there's an ongoing meme with the Golden State Warriors. And that's Game Six, Clay Thompson. Game Six, Clay Thompson is just a meme driven by, <laughs> uh, driven by weed. Toasters and a bunch of memes that the NBA subreddit shit post on him and Clay just embraces humbly, you know, like Game Six Clay's a lethal man. And sure enough, Game Six Clay came out to play and Golden State won. So I think he had like oh, a yeah. thirty point game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean I mean on one part it's just really funny to see that kind of score at the end of the third, like one nineteen to sixty seven. And that was but, an I mean, it, it it really was smart of Golden State just to be like, Yeah, chalk this one up, like Okay, like we're gonna be down. We're gonna we're gonna give up a game here. We're already up three one. We'll be three two, and then we'll just fucking close it out. Yeah, go, Golden State. Golden State is a team right now. Yeah, they know they 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 got they got it, but they're inconsistent. They have inconsistent shooting, and that's gonna kill them. They have arguably one of the best lineups in the NBA, but God, like I'm, I'm whoever comes out of that Bucks and Celtics series is winning the chip. Giannis right now is the best player in the league by far, or at least in the playoffs right now by far. Um, if 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 Nikolai uh, Jovic from the the, the Nuggies was in there, it'd be a different story. And God, I hope within the next two years that team can get him um, some solid help and they're able to win a chip and actually go into the playoffs uninjured at full strength. Because shoot, man, they're that that dude that dude's that dude's a wild player, man. Like I love watching his game and everything, but uh man, the Celt I, I think the Celtics and Bucks series would have ended in game five or six if Middleton was there. Uh because man, Giannis is just going God mode, dude. Like and he's just really he's really being the difference between uh making the difference with the Bucks team and the Celtics. The Celtics I think have the best lineup and the best rotation and are the best coached in the NBA right now. In the playoffs by far. Like, they are a hot-oiled machine. Their defense on star players is amazing and stuff. But sometimes, like, 
you got you got you got people like Giannis, the bus driver. Yeah. Giannis is a great oh, bus driver God. who's just like, I'm gonna put the team on my fucking back. And he goes ultra instinct and Beers is like, Oi. <laughs> Beers <laughs> like, he's coming. <laughs> oh, he's tied back. Hell yeah, dog. Uh, I, I, so, so I know we talked about comics a little bit earlier, and I think I think Feature Kyle is going to cut that in. Um, but I've been working through the MCU again because I've been very bored when I get home lately uh, in between the workouts and everything. So I've been re-watching the MCU. And I want to know, Nathan, my, my awesome, lovely co-host, where do you fall on the Sokovia Accords? Would you sign... Or would you not sign? That was with the Civil War again, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was Civil War when uh Tony Tony Stark signs the Sokovia Accords because he feels like the Avengers need regulation and Cap is opposite of that because of the fallout of Winter Soldier and he can't trust big governments and he always says that the safest hands are still our own. Where do you come down on, on the Akovia the Sokovia Accords? Uh I think it's a slippery slope. Um mm-hmm. I mean, like, so the Avengers, in an essence, right now are a paramilitary company. They're 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 militares san uh, frontiers, right? If I said that correctly, from Metal Gear Solid, militaries without borders. So yeah. Uh, Stark Tower might as well be outer heaven and everything like that. There's a lot. Of, there's gonna be a lot of MGS references here and stuff. But they're they're a private military. They have no border, no allegiance to anybody really. But they're not someone that you know a villain can buy and 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 use them in a sense, but they kind of generally fight around for good. Um, I personally don't know where I would I, w- I would sign because I I feel like I'd, I I understand where Tony's coming from, his logical reasoning and stuff behind it and everything, but people are people, and you've seen what people in government try to do and exploit for the Avengers and all that. Now, sometimes like I think you should work with the government. But in terms of like signing the legalities into the government, no. Like I, th- I think you're just driving yourself down by the chains of bureaucracy and stuff like that, and allowing people who shouldn't have a say have a say. Um, <sighs> I, I think I'd probably lean more towards where Steve Rogers felt in the in and the, the in terms of the MCU and the context of the MCU. But um, how do you feel? Uh, in terms of the context of the MCU, I think I'd lean a little bit. It's like 51 to 49%. Uh, I think I'd lean towards Iron Man and signing. Um, mainly because I, I know he's like, he's worried, especially they, they do a really good job of translating the issue into the movie. Because uh, like I said earlier, if Kyle, future Kyle actually put this in, in the, in the comics, Tony's just like, dead wrong the way they do it in the comics the way it's presented and uh at a certain point spoilers for the civil war comic storyline if you haven't read it but um uh at one point during like the big fight between all of the all of the heroes of the world um tony stark is fighting alongside some villains and uh it's 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 insane that it gets to that point but i think in the mcu the way they contextualized it especially with all the um, with the report that uh, Thunderbolt Ross was giving them during the uh, the briefing of it, you know, like they destroyed cities and uh, they they kept the Hulk under wraps until Ultron, where he destroyed um, that uh, that South African city, um, where uh, you know they basically dropped a, a a nuke on Sokovia and leveled that city. And 
I understand Cap's hesitation, but I feel like without regulation, they wouldn't be making a very good um, face with the with the public they're trying to save. And if you do that, there's no trust, and you're never gonna trust the Avengers even while they're saving the day. Um, and I just think Tony Stark was really smart about it. Uh, they would have access to government funding and everything still. Um, and I just feel like that would go a long way with restoring public confidence for the Avengers in the long run. Uh, that's a fair, I mean, there's that, definitely that's a fair there's point. definitely there's definitely faults with both ideologies, and um, I think Black Widow was the one that played it right down the middle because she said that you know we can sign the we can sign up for the Sokovia Accords because we can still have one hand on the wheel, like we can still steer the ship. Um, if you go rogue the way Captain America and Bucky did um, in in Civil War, you, you're you're making a lot of public distrust, and you're look you're being seen as refugees or refugees fugitives from the law. So I feel like they did it really well. I feel like you could easily see both sides. It's a real nuanced story, and man, they just did it way better than the comics really did. I still love the comic because the comic is really cool and seeing where everybody falls. There's a cool part where Doctor Strange is like. Yeah, I, I'm too big shot for this. And Iron Man's like, no, the government's giving you a pass because you're the Sorcerer Supreme and, like, way above the laws of man. So you're getting a pass. And he still, like, steps out. He's like, yeah, y'all deal with this. And Black <laughs> Panther steps out of it. Black Panther's too big for that. Um, there's a part where Luke Cage makes a, a really a really cool, like, uh, relation, like, relating the... Uh, it's called the Superhero Registration Act in the comics. But he's relating that to slavery and uh, they bring that up as a topic. It's really well done. The The Civil War comic is really good. Again, just Tony's very in the wrong about it. And especially the way he goes about things in the comic. Tony Stark in the comic is a fucking dickhead. I feel like, I feel like Robert <laughs> Downey Jr. brought like... He brought the nuance. dickheadness. Yeah, he brought the dickheadness. But you understand the reasoning. And you can mostly sometimes side with Tony in the, in the MCU. It's really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, shit. <laughs> yeah, Civil War, Civil War Two sucks, donkey dick. Don't read that one. That was a cash grab comic series that came out. <laughs> like, so, 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 do you know the basis? You know the premise of Civil War Two? I not off the top of my head right now, but I kind of feel like I do. I just right, I can't I, remember the finer details. So shoot, I got you. So, so there, so there's a new Inhuman that gets discovered, and his powers basically he gets visions. And they they come they come to life like like it happens so he sees it so it passes, and um, basically he has a vision of Thanos uh, getting ready to attack Earth. So Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, grabs a group of Avengers um, and and goes out to to stop Thanos. Uh, she Hulk literally almost dies, and you know uh, they they cut to a, a flashback of it. And Thanos is like, what are y'all doing? Like, I haven't done anything. And Captain Marvel is like, yeah, but you're going to. So the argument becomes Captain Marvel versus Iron Man. And Captain Marvel thinks that uh, threats should be stopped before it happens. And Tony Stark's side of it is, you know, there's no, you're not, you're innocent until you're proven guilty. And you shouldn't take action before things are happening. Like, Captain Marvel goes on this tirade of she arrests this woman because the uh the inhuman ulysses sees that she's gonna she's gonna have a briefcase bomb at her work but you start realizing that ulysses only sees futures 
in that exact moment and based on uh, so many variables, you know, the butterfly effect, like he sees one of many in that in, in one instance that it happens. So Carol is starting to arrest everyone that she sees. There's a vision he has later of Miles Morales, Spider-Man um, holding the corpse of Steve Rogers, Captain America. So Carol tries to arrest him. Tony Stark and her beat the shit out of each other. And it's 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 a real dumb argument of, you know, I feel like it, it it's insane to me if you'd ever be on Captain Marvel's side, but she wants to act before actions happen. Ugh. <laughs> uh, that's a little bit to, to digest there. You know, maybe I, I'll give the comic a chance and read them and everything, but I, I think it has an interesting premise, just a little bit poor execution. Yeah, like, I mean, they he, he uh, Ulysses predicts a celestial being coming to Earth, and that gives them the time and, and strategy-wise to prepare. But Tony Stark's like, no, that was one instance where this, like, worked out. Like, you can't judge people based on something they're going to do three years down the line right now. And Carol's, like, going in on, like, no, you need to snip this shit in the bud, like, no matter how early. To the point where they're, like, arresting, like, I think they arrest, like, a teenager because he's going to do something in his 20s or his 30s. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, like, what, uh, oh, Miles, Miles Morales killing Steve Rush. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now I'm, I'm reading yeah. the, I'm reading the, the, the plot right now. I'll be like, just like kind of get my, my shit up to date here, you know? But yeah, I've, I, it, this, this story, this comic came out 16. right before. Yeah. Right before the civil war movie was coming out. So a lot of people felt like it was just kind of a cash grab of trying to revitalize the, the the comics performance. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, man. I'll, I'll take I'll take a look at that. But like, shit, dude. We can talk comics all day too, along with Dragon Ball. <laughs> God, I love. Let's talk about Sam's Club, dude. I love Sam's Club so much. I know you wanted to bring this up. What did you had something to say about Sam's Club? You had a discussion oh, about yeah, it. I think. Okay, yeah. So this week again, a lot of stuff happened. I, uh, my godson was born, by the way. Um, so I'm a god. Congrats, hell yeah, yeah dog. I'm, I'm I'm very happy, man. Like uh saw the kid. He's a he's a wiggler, dude. Like he's just he was just pumping, getting his motor skills going. Like he was doing the the YMCA inside the water aerobics, you know, <laughs> uh, in my arms and <laughs> about six pounds, seven ounces name. But he's a cute baby man and you know I had him I had him uh I played some Iron Maiden for him, the lullabies. So you got to get here. Can I play with madness in two minutes to midnight and wasted years? I told my I told my friend I was like that baby's gonna be metalhead. I'm gonna be the reason because he's a metalhead too. <laughs> but I was gonna, I'm that's my goal as the goddad is to get this kid to become a metalhead and you know take the intricacies, let the metal guide him into the future and and to a prosperous life. But we were having a conversation about it, and he was like, "Bro, like I want Sam's Club," and he's like, "You know how much I, you know how much toilet paper I bought." And, I was, and he was like, 20 bucks for 45 rolls, mega rolls for 20 bucks. I looked at him. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Dude? He's like, no. <laughs> you fucking kidding me? And, I, and he was like, yeah. And he's like, me and my buddy went, him and, his, uh, him and my other friend live in close proximity to each other. So they'd sometimes like, he'd be like, hey, man, you know, I'm like two minutes away. I'm like a minute away from you. Like, you want me to get you some groceries? I'm going to the grocery store. And I can't, and because the other guy's a little bit busier, like the schedules and stuff. So I'd be like, hey, man, yeah, here's. Can you give me this? Here's the here's the money, whatever, and you know we'll go half on it, and then they, they do they do the thing. But they've been going half on toilet paper. You know, I'm a, I'm a dude. You know, I we 
pro, like I said, down 24 pounds. That, that, that weight that weight comes off somehow, and I've been up in my protein, so I'm, I, I got to go through my, my toilet paper and everything. I'm like a madman, just sheets. So apologize if the trees, they should recycle it. But, um, you know, doing my thing, but they're like 20 bucks for 45 mega rolls. And I was like, dude, I'll give you 10 bucks. Let me know when you go to Sam's stuff. I'll give you 10. I'll Venmo you 10 bucks. Give me a fucking toilet paper. Buy me one. And I'll go pick it up. Like, shit. Or Ropes. let me know when you go and I'll go with you. And I'll fucking, I'll buy like two or three of those things. I don't know where I'll put them, but I'd like to have them because <laughs> the recession's coming. You've seen the stocks. Yeah. Oh, seen God. It's, tech tech yeah. spaces. Like, we're, at, we're, we're in a recession. I just don't think they want to say it to cause a panic. But I, you know, I'll probably cause a panic saying that. I don't know. Katie, what are you doing? <laughs> you're going to occasionally hear me get up, by the way, because I want to refill my water. You know, hi, staying hydrated, hydro homies, keep losing weight. Keeps your stomach full and, you know, allows you to get rid of those toxins. But I got to get up because Shoyo just knocked something down. He's not supposed to. God damn it, Shoyo. No, I love Sam's Club. I We go there. We got a membership when we, uh, when me and my, at the time, girlfriend moved in with each other. Um, and her mom was like, ah, two people like don't need a Sam's Club membership. And I was like, bet. And we go there. We spend maybe like 230 300 bucks, like when we do go. And we're we got we got we're stocked up for like five six weeks. It's so great. I love Sam's Club so much. Like you said, the toilet paper always got to have that toilet paper. Uh, and and Sam's Club is one of those places where you can see like the primalness in people come out because they fight for fucking those pallets of toilet paper. Sometimes it's insane. But... I fight. I fight them too. That's a good deal, <laughs> bro. It's it's so awesome. When you when you see the great deals, like, oh man, this this is how old I am, and this is what I get excited for nowadays. But we found two rolls of aluminum foil, right? Like two two long ass rolls of aluminum foil for seven dollars, and we bought that when we first got the membership, and we're literally just running out, like right now, like, oh, <laughs> dude, and we and we use that shit for I'm baking chicken, I'm baking potatoes on it, I'm. I'm covering up food. Oh man, I like we go through it. It's not something we like use it rarely, and like the fact that it's lasted us about three plus years at this point, insane. I everyone should have a Sam's Club membership. Uh, one of my favorite little tidbits about Sam's Club too is the the owner and like founder of Sam's Club went on the record saying like, if you ever change the dollar fifty hot dog and soda combo, like I'll kill someone. <laughs> like that's that's so fucking funny. Like, can you like a dollar fifty for a hot dog? Like they, that, I think that's their biggest profit loser. Like, like year to year, like they lose so much money on that deal. But the owner is like, yeah, don't change it. I'll fucking murder all of you. It's so fucking funny. I love Sam's Club. Really great stuff. Yeah, I thought about that in Costco as well. But I have so many memberships right now. I just don't. So many. There's like so many monthly <laughs> bills, like occurring, reoccurring things. You know, like. I just kind of want to get my, my bills together. And, I'm and telling get my you, dog. Down. A Sam's Club membership pays for itself maybe like within the first two times you use it. It's and like, it's it's only I think sixty bucks for a year, mm-hmm. and like I said, we spend about two three hundred bucks every time we go there. But that that's feeding us for fucking weeks. Like we stock about chicken breast, chicken like hamburger meat, um, some of the some of the low fat stuff, some fruits. Um, really, really good. But that's where we buy. That's where we buy my uh the Coke Zeros, the like the forty eight pack or whatever. And we're fucking, we're stocked on those for weeks, baby. 
Oh yeah, dog, man. How old? Shoot, man. I don't want to go to the grocery store right now, but then you got people shooting up. <laughs> you, got, you got people shooting up the grocery stores and stuff. Like, freaking that stupid-ass moron. And by the way, I hope the media takes the New Zealand approach. They don't name them. They don't say anything about who the shooter. Just say, this is this was the motivation of the shooter. This was, you know, the, the victims. And fuck them. Let, let them die to obscurity. Let them fall into the nothingness that awaits him and his masters. You know, like the freaking Nazgul. Just that. Never heard from again. Never seen. Who cares? He's 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 garbage. Fuck him. Yeah, idiot, like, idiot went to a I, Buffalo supermarket and shot a bunch of people, predominantly black neighborhood, and eleven out of the thirteen victims are black. Like, you fucking goofball motherfuckers off 4chan doing dumb <sighs> shit. Yeah, people are. Uh, yeah, people are garbage, man. I swear. Like, every every time I think like, oh, we're in a decent stretch of like time right now. Uh, here like, comes I mean, the good old here comes a good old fashioned American mass shooting. Like, sh- yeah, can we not, yeah, bro. Like, can we not? What was it? Was it? I think it was like this time last year where we had like, I think it was like twenty some days of straight of like just mass shootings like every day for like twenty days or something. It was insane. <sighs> yeah, it's man. Fucking, like, uh, uh, it's like a mass shooting almost every other weekend. Like it depends how the media defines like mass shooting too. To me, like. It's when, you know, the dude comes and just starts banging stuff. Because, like, there's, like, you hear Matt, you, you hear them attribute mass shootings, like, oh, someone came to, a, uh, like, did a drive-by or something or whatever. Like, I, I'm not too sure how they define it and stuff, but you kind of get the gist of what I'm trying to say. Like, how, I guess I would see, like, the the mass shootings, like, like, and, like it would have to be something like the, like the El Paso mass shooting, this mass shooting, um, Columbine. Like, that. That's that's how I associate mass shootings, not just, like, every shooting that happens and it might not even be like a mass shooting motivated, you know, it might just be like a drive by and a couple of people get hit or whatever. Like, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm not saying that, that I'm not trying to justify that or either, either way, just like, it's like how you would label it. Cause like, you know, I, like I feel, um, or I think that they start calling anything where multiple people are involved, in mass shooting. And I don't think they should be doing that because it kind of lessens what an actual mass shooting is, but I'm not an expert in the field at all. Or anything, so I probably should shut the hell up. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah these, we're just we're just two dudes. Motherf- <laughs> yeah, all these goofy motherfuckers that are walking in and planning shit or going on 4chan and reading a bunch of ins- like a bunch of incel white supremacist stuff. Like, yeah, stop, yeah, just stop, stop being full of hate, bro. Like, uh, just just be a better person. Like, they don't paint, they don't paint, ha- paint Warhammer figures. Like, talk. I was to gonna say Warhammer. they don't have fun at Sam's Club the way we do. Yeah, they don't have to find joy and gate, find joy and eating a lot of protein, drinking a lot of water, and uh, having bowel movements about four to six times a day, depending <laughs> on how much you eat and what you oh, eat. Oh, bro. And then using Sam's Club toilet paper to get rid of the filth that is, you know, out <laughs> <of> your body. <laughs> my, my, my toilet paper of choice is the Charmin Ultra Soft. That is life changing. Uh, when Annie and I first started dating, uh, she was like, why do you always buy that one? Like, it's so like, it's, it's pricey. And I was like, listen, I was like, trust me on this. Once you use this, you're never going to go back. And then there was a point in time where her family, uh, took a little vacation with their, with their, with their kids or three children. And Annie was going over there to watch the, watch their house. And she would text me. She was like, Hey, remind me to bring a roll of our toilet paper because that like, I can't, I can't ever go back. You, you ruined me. And I, I showed her the joys 
of the softest tissue paper from Charmin that they have to offer my butt. It's so great. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I have a favorite brand of toilet paper. I just don't want the John Wayne toilet paper, the, the rough, gritty toilet paper that breaks down. and it's just, I don't, it's a rough I don't want the fucking, I don't want that toilet paper that they give you at hospitals and clinics where it's like half a millimeter thick. And, like, it's so papery. And sometimes you wipe and you get just a little bit of dookie on you. I don't like that fucking toilet oh, paper. That real yeah. brittle, that real brittle ass fucking almost looking like, uh, God, like, ugh, it's so bad. I hate hospital toilet paper with a fucking burning passion. There was, uh, there was like, a question on Reddit. And one of the I think it was a woman asking, like, the Ask Men subreddit. It's like, why do y'all spend so much time on the toilet? And, uh, you know, a lot of men gave, gave their answers and stuff. But, like, me, man, like, it, it's my fucking time. Like, that, that's my <laughs> sanctuary. I'm literally removing waste, things that I don't want from my life and from my body. And I just, with the, the stroke of a flush, I send it away. And it becomes part of the system where it breaks down and becomes something useful, you know, or it gets treated to usable water. Or it just gets the fuck away from me and gets thrown into nature and, you know, I don't got to deal with it anymore. But it breaks down healthily. Flies eat, all that good stuff. But it, I, I sit on a toilet. I look at memes. I really got Reddit. I just I just have a good time and I don't care about – I don't. I just sit there and do nothing and I'm happy. I, I, I sit love, on my I, porcelain throne. That's all me time. Yeah, that, that that's that's daddy's time, okay? That, 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 that's, pa- <laughs> that, 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 that's Papa, that, Papa Schmidt's time. <laughs> I haven't heard you say that like in person in a long time. God damn! Oh, let's talk about wrestling, dog. This is one of our long. We spend silly a little longer here. Yeah, I wanted to touch one on one thing real quick, and I was Formula One because I mean you talked about it offline a little bit, but I wanted to talk about how I was kind of getting into Formula One again, and also I might try to attend a Formula One race because me and my buddy were talking about how uh, Formula One is going to be in Vegas next year. And they're, so the Formula One is the Grand Prix, right? So Grand Prix are like tracks that are not, it's not NASCAR where it's just in a circle. Formula One, like you have a lot more turns, a lot of intricacies, and sometimes they use real-world infrastructure, real-world cities as part of the tracks. Like I think they just had a race in Monte Carlo where Monte Carlo is like a small, small, small nation of like 80,000 people. But – they do a Formula One race there, I think, almost every year or every year. And, like, the, basically the whole city turns into a racetrack. And it looks badass. And it's just it's just badass. Like, it's like Gran Turismo shit, you know? And uh, I don't know a lot of the big, like, names or players. Like, there's uh, Verstappen and, and there's Hamilton and all that. But, you know, they're, 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 with the announcement of Formula One going to be in Vegas, they're turning the Vegas Strip into the part of a track. So, like... All those casinos, and if you've never been to Vegas, like all the casinos from like Treasure Island to Cosmopolitan, they're gonna be pretty much have a front front view of the track. We could get uh, a room on a viewing side of the track. So me and my buddy were gonna try to get like um, we're plan plan a trip to maybe get a hotel on the side of the track so we could just see it from our hotel room and watch the Formula One race from there. And it'd be pretty badass, man. But Formula One's pretty interesting, man. Like the cars go fast. There's a lot more intricacies. It's like playing a chess match, you know. Um, uh, a chess uh, Formula One's much more technical, much more chess related. Whereas NASCAR, they go in a circle, and yeah, they, they got they got the stuff that they do. But then you got you got some sometimes watch Cal Bush, and he's just an asshole. And I hope you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't I don't hope anything for him. But he's just like stop being a drama queen, dude. Like 
He's the, he's the type of guy that blames everybody but himself. Take some responsibility, dude. Okay? Whatever. That's, that's my yeah. Formula One, right? And I, I got to thank Bill Burr because I uh, listen to his podcast. So I listen to him talk about it. And he's just always making memes or always talking about Formula One. So I'll like, yeah, check it out. And I was like, hey, this is pretty cool. You know, Formula One. Oh, classic Bill Burr. We're going to get him on here one day. Mark my words. I swear to God, we're going to have him on. Even if it's just like, even if I have to buy a fucking cameo and I play it on the podcast, we're having Bill Burr on at one point. <laughs> I thought I, that'd be badass. Let's talk some wrestling, baby. I mean, I've been wanting to talk about some wrestling. A lot happened this week. It's been a been a really good week for wrestling, dude. Been a good week for WWE. If I'm not like fucking capping here, like they had their yeah. backlash. Yeah, we gotta uh, talk about event. the things that they do good, man. We gotta talk about. Them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, as much shit as I give them, I think backlash might have been top to bottom one of the best things they've ever done. Besides maybe one match, but. Um, uh, I'll run down the the results here really quick. So, best things they've ever done. Period or done this year? Uh, done done in the past couple years. Like, okay, like how consistent it was, how good the matches were. Um, this was like this was WWE when they get everything running. Like, I had the most fun since WrestleMania watching this one because it was just that good. When they get things going, dude, they get it going. WWE's uh, especially with Raw and SmackDown. You can tell they're slowly, very slowly, just making those shows a little bit better, a little tighter. And I mean, I mean, who knows? Maybe WWE by the by the end of this year is going to be back to where it's a consistent show, consistent pay per view quality. Uh, I'd be excited. I'd be excited if they really get back to that level because, um, I mean, it's just better for the business when everything's working well. It's better. It's better for every fan. All the fans always win. No fucking I- battle lines drawn. I agree, man. The fans win and they get the notoriety and people have options to go watch what they like and how they like it and stuff. But, you know, like I said, WWE caters to a whole different audience compared to like uh, promotions like AW or even Impact and stuff like that or even Control Your Narrative. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, Tessa Blanchard. Hell yeah, my favorite uh, wrestler. <laughs> control Your Narrative. Uh, goofy. Uh, let, me ru- let me run down some uh, quick results here. So. The card opened up Cody Rhodes defeating Seth freaking Rollins in their rematch from WrestleMania. Uh, this was the second longest match on the card, and it opened, and it was a banger, bro. Uh, Omos defeated Bobby Lashley by pinfall, gaining back his win from WrestleMania. Uh, Edge defeated AJ Styles by submission. Uh, this match, Damian Priest was banned from ringside. Ronda Rousey defeated Charlotte Flair in an I Quit match, and this match blew their WrestleMania match fucking clear out of the water. This match was awesome. That was a really fun match. Uh, Mad Cat Moss defeated Happy Corbin by pinfall. Uh, this match was pretty good. The Omos and Bobby Lashley might be my least favorite car, uh, match on this card. And then your main event, The Bloodline, teamed up with Roman Reigns. Or The Bloodline is Roman Reigns. And The Usos defeated Drew McIntyre and RK Bro in a insanely paced, so fun uh, three six-man tag team match. And uh, that was the longest match. Only by like a minute longer than Cody and Seth. And uh, man, this this car was so good. Undersold and overdelivered is the best way to describe WWE WrestleMania backlash. Really fun stuff there. I don't know why they do the it's just stupid problems I have with WWE is like the the marketing. Like, why is it WrestleMania backlash? I just call it backlash. Cause, like, no, because they have to have you, you have to have you know, like, hey, you remember how big and stupendous WrestleMania was? This is like the fallout of that like they that's the only reason it's so dumb but whatever it's gonna make the money no regardless 
They're a uh, multi-billion-dollar company. Say, yeah, like I'm not. <laughs> They're doing something right. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think we're actually getting to a point where WWE might be consistently watchable. Um, I watched Raw <clears throat> this past week, and it was it was really good, dude. Like they had a bunch of matches. Like the the flow of everything was so good. Um, they did do the corny thing of like. Oh, promo leads into this match, like set up. But um, right after matches, what happened? They they did a really good, um, they had a really good thing with Edge's little stable with Damian Priest, Rhea Ripley, and Edge, where it was uh, Rhea Ripley defeated Liv Morgan, and then that bled right into uh, Finn Balor versus um, uh, Damian Priest, and they they were doing a really good job. They they you can tell they still do the commercial break and. After the the people have made their entrances, they're just standing around in the ring. But as soon as it comes back, the match starts, and it, I mean the flow's been really well. I I have to admit, like I was that first hour and a half blew by, and I just had it on because um, I was waiting for Annie to get home. Uh, she had a she had to help her brothers out, and uh, I was just I was like, oh, I'm bored. Let me just throw on Raw and have it on. And I was like, I was entertained for a solid hour and a half, and then I turned it off because then we watched our. Our regular programming over dinner. It was it was a really good raw. I'm I'm very surprised. That's good, man. I might start trying to watch it consistently after the depending on the playoff schedule, man. Because right now NBA playoffs and even hockey kind of have my my full attention right now. So that's uh, like Monday nights. I'm sorry <laughs> if I can't get to the, the, the WWE, <laughs> but like I, sometimes I even no one watch w, like AEW not because I don't like it it's because these fucking playoffs are so good. But you know we'll get into AEW here in a second. But AEW was. I, we've been harping on it for a couple weeks, but when they when they hit on all centers, man, like it, it's just I I don't know how good like WrestleMania backlash was. I didn't watch the whole card or or like how good Raw is week to week, but I thought this is one of the best dynamites they've, they've done in like oh forever for but, sure. Um, I do want to touch. Let me let me touch really quick while we're giving props to WWE um, because NXT 2.0, which. As I, as I mentioned, I really I really enjoy really enjoy a lot. Um, they had one of their best shows uh, this past week on Tuesday, and top to bottom, there was five women matches, and like it wasn't squashes. They were setting up story, especially for the uh, the new women's breakout tournament. They're setting up storylines. Uh, They're doing some squash match. They did one squash match um, to uh, promote. Uh, Alba Fire, who used to be uh, Kaylee Ray, formerly known as, uh, set her up. Um, uh, Solo Sokoa demanded a, a shot after Grimes versus Hayes. Uh, they 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 were they've been doing really good, dude. Like uh, I, one of the biggest gripes I have with AEW is how they book their women's division. But NXT 2.0, whether it's a jab or not, or maybe it's just consistent booking that they're doing, but they re- they really lean into an, uh, an all female episode basically it i think i saw a stat that said there was about 30 women featured uh both in match and like backstage promos and segments uh top to bottom like on the card it was insane to see yeah man uh i can't i haven't watched nxt 2.0 so like so there's too much fucking wrestling going on right now but are they able to do that man and it's, and it's conky dory good stuff like oh yeah like i think that's awesome more women are getting featured when they had like an all-women show for nxt even though they might be a little bit green and all that, I guess. Um, 
they're still out there doing it, you know, and like I think Natalia coming down and working that story with Core Jade is very, very, very interesting. Oh, that was that was so good and seeing Cora Jade where she's gonna be in like two, three years, if they consistently keep booking her the way they have, it's gonna be awesome because um I, I didn't think that Natalia was gonna let her go over. Um, but she gave her the rub after the match, you know, she she shook her hand after weeks of like prodding her and teasing her and um I, it, it definitely felt like um, it, it just definitely felt like, you know, like you, you see uh, you see potential in someone and you're like, well, let me beat your ass and like show you that you can be up there. But like humble you a little bit. I think that was a really good storyline they did with Cora. Um, and it's going to be crazy to see where she goes because she's improving leaps and bounds too for being as young as she is. So super, super exciting stuff. I love NXT 2.0 is like like my guilty pleasure of all wrestling shows because again it's basically just Riverdale meets wrestling and it's so fucking fun. <laughs> yeah, man. But like oh, sorry. Oh no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say, dude, let's get on to Dynamite because, like you said, this might have been top to bottom one of the best Dynamites they've put on in so long. Like, I I came out of the episode texting you saying like that was a fucking awesome nine out of ten banger like top to bottom i was i was having fun there was one point where i was like tuned out just a little bit and then they brought me back in um i think the pacing was well all the matches were fucking awesome um man it was just a it was just one of the best they really did a really good job of having such a great show after about two three weeks of me being like oh these were like okay and and man, you felt you felt the quality when after this episode was finished. So good. It was it was a damn good. It was probably one of my favorite dynamites, uh, top to bottom. I give it like a nine point five. It was as near perfect as you could get. There's no things I could pick pick if, pick at if I want to. Maybe if I can make the argument for. It, but like, I was enjoyed the whole fucking show. Just it was an awesome show. I was happy. It was great. Good, great wrestling, great segments, great story movement. Can't sing enough praise. When AEW hits, it hits. Just like WWE. Yeah. When WWE's on their game, it's like, oh, shit, these dudes are fucking, like, this is what it could be. But AEW's usually around, you know, this consistent. <laughs> AEW's usually consistently good. And this week, they reminded us why we love them. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, like you said, let, let's start go. Let's start dive deep in it, like deep diving into this, because the first match of the show was Adam Cole versus Dax Harwood in the Owen Cup quarterfinal. This match humped both bros. Like Adam Cole's a Shawn Michaels guy, Dax Harwood's a Bret Hart guy, and they brought all that swagger into this match. It was so well done. Uh, no dirty low blows from Adam Cole. Just straight up wrestling match. So God, and he he beats him with the sharpshooter. Are you kidding me? That was so fucking great, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, that Adam Cole Dax Harwood match was phenomenal. I thought Dax Harwood was gonna go over for a little bit there. Like I was, I was actually kind of low key hoping he did, because <laughs> it was just some. It was good shit, man. Like it was fucking. This is good wrestling, and it made Dax really believable that he could be the guy to go over. And I, I, I was kind of thinking that it would be an upset. It wouldn't be an upset if Dax went over too because he's had such a. I mean, FT, FTR is probably my favorite thing to come out of wrestling this year. They're having the run of their careers, and it's just so beautiful to watch because these guys are set, were so underutilized and underappreciated for the longest time. And I'm really glad that they're out here doing what they they need to do. I mean, I do think what they gotta do. 
I think it's a good idea to have Adam Cole go over. One, because he's the bigger of the two as far as being a singles competitor. And if if they can do a decent build-up between here and Double or Nothing, uh, keeping FTR in the tag team title picture would be ideal right now, especially with how hot they are coming off the Ring of Honor match still. Um, I really don't want to see more of them as singles competitors. I really need to... Like, these past, what, two, three weeks of seeing them as, like, singles, like, bring back the tag team dynamic, because I feel like if, if they're this hot, if you if you let it cool too much, it's not going to mean much if they eventually get the titles. I think you need to strike while the iron's hot in this situation with them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this is one thing you shouldn't really let go. Let them, let them do what they got to do. But moving on, we had CM Punk defeating John Silver, and this was a good match. Like, John Silver got some... Got some offense in and everything. I I kind of hate how they're doing the whole, hey, we're like, let's not talk about Stu Grayson kind of thing because he's no longer with AEW and the Dark Order's coming out with them and stuff. It's just, look, Stu Grayson's out there and it's it's obvious. Like, at least salute or say something. Like, they'll just pretend like no no one knows what's happening, right? That, that's yeah, me. I mean, <laughs> they, they played it off really well in a little bit they did on the, the, the past week's uh being the elite it was pretty funny i'm not even lying about that but yeah it's 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 insane to see that like you know they're clearly missing Stu. i miss Stu. i think this is the first time we saw anna come out just so they have they had like the full roster lineup on the on the ramp but it it is what it is there i love that cm punk has been playing the tweener especially with the new york with the new york crowd after uh after his feud with MJF and how they were supportive of MJF instead of him, CM mm-hmm. Punk is now every time he's back in New York, he's not gonna give a fuck about that that area. No, he's gonna he's crowd. gonna be the biggest heel. He's that he, he, heel's being <laughs> the heel hate baby was good. <laughs> well, I mean, did you did you see his jersey that he was wearing? Yeah, the New York New York Islanders jersey. Yeah, but did you see the uh, the name on the jersey that he was wearing? Mm, I saw it, but I didn't really know too much who the player was. Well, basically, uh, that that was a uh, he he wore a John Tavares jersey, and that guy uh, he he became the New York Islander captain, uh, but he uh, he he left he left to the Maple Leaves, and that was like one of the biggest like backstabbing betrays like everybody <laughs> that, that, like, anyone ever ever done in New York so. Everybody was cool with him when he came out with the jersey because, you know, I think he's a, uh, a Blackhawks fan. And then yeah, he turned true. around and said Tavares. Yeah, he's a, fucking, he's a big Blackhawks fan. <laughs> ooh, that crowd heat. He had go-home heat. He, was, he did. He legit oh, pissed I, off people. I loved it. I, I really loved it. They're doing a really good job of playing, uh, playing this. And I talked about this last week a little bit, but it's not black and white, good guy versus bad guy. These are two guys that... One love the title more than anything. They have a passion for the business and the title, and they're they're willing to to go to to lengths. Uh, not again, not fully commit to being an overall bad guy, but they're gonna show you what this title means to them. And I, I can't believe how well they're doing it because CM Punk does the buckshot lariat to get the the win over John Silver. Hangman marches down to the ring. CM Punk's talking shit. You know, I beat your boy. I'm gonna beat you. Uh, you're gonna shake my hand regardless. Fucking hangman says fuck you. Fucking flips him the bird and walks off. So awesome. <laughs> I, 
I love Hangman, dude. And I think this cemented, like, I want Hangman to win. But I, I still won't be mad if he doesn't. But I definitely still want Hangman to keep going on with this championship run. Dude, like I said, this is the one storyline where I legit don't know what's going to happen. And it has me, like, on the ropes here. Because it could go so many ways. And each one of those ways is good shit. <laughs> and, like, it's just... <laughs> God, man, I'm, I'm super, super excited for that. And I'm, I'm excited for the moving graphics we got. they got now. <laughs> oh, my God. Graphics. What a fucking throwback to the attitude in, like, WCW. I love the moving graphics. It's so It looks so great. It looks they, – they they need to update the uh, the FPS on it just a little bit. Like, put, like, seven or eight more FPS on that, and it'll look way smoother. But I love it. I love seeing it back. It's so awesome. Oh, yeah, baby. They need oh, to give yeah. Danhausen one because the next match was the very debuting Danhausen taking on Tony Nese, Tony Nese's hometown of New York. This was a squash match, but I feel like this was a great example of how to do a squash match. Tony Nese defeats Danhausen in what I think is an AEW record for match time. Um, Tony Nese starts beating him up, hitting the the corner uh, boot to the face two or three times. And who else but the mighty myth, man, legend himself, Hook, comes out for the save and shakes Dan Housen's hand. And this was probably pop of the night, dog. Like, oh, what a great story. They know what they got. They know how they're playing it. I, I love Booker T Cubs. Booker T Cubs, baby. I, I, I kind of figured Dan Housen was still injured because they just let him get squashed and stuff. And I really liked how they turned the trope on its head. And they're like, oh, what? My client doesn't get uh, an entrance. Because he's a jobber or whatever. And then he comes out and whoops the guy that you all love. Is that what pisses you off? And I was like. And I was having a conversation with my, with my buddy yesterday. Because we went to go see Eric Prides in uh, Austin. Good show, by the way. Shout out to East 6th Street. Uh, good breweries. Chill time. Don't go to, don't go to West 6th Street. Because it's just too, it's too ratchet. Eyes for me. I'm pushing. People, <laughs> whatever. And he was talking about how uh, Smart Mark Sterling's having like one hell of a run. But he there's also a good point where I think it was mentioned by Mark that. He said Jade Cargill was the only client he would ever really focus on. And, like, now he's starting to pick up more clients. So I wonder if Jade – maybe if Jade uh, ends up losing the title within a near couple months, she gets uh, rid of Mark, tells him, like, well, you didn't have my back or you've been blah, 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 blah. And then we get potentially Malcolm Bivens to come and manage her or something. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> but that was just long-term booking. But anyway, shout out to Mark Sterling. He's he's having a, a a hell of a time right now, man. I really love his character work. So he, he's having so much fun with everything he's doing, and like he he was featured so much on this card, like going from uh to managing Tony Nice, going to uh, the segment later we'll get to in a little bit with MJF and Wardlow, and then going on to Rampage to be in the the corner of Jade and the Baddies. He's doing so good, and it's so much fun. It really translates well. I did, I thought it was gonna be annoying. When he first debuted the character and was just a lackey for Jay. But, man, he's, like you said, run of the career. Um, I don't think Malcolm Bivens is coming back. Uh, he did just announce, like, he was going to step away from wrestling um, when he was doing a, a stand-up comedy show. And, I mean, yeah, I, I can't imagine that he does come back. He sounded like he was pretty done with it. Um, it sounds like he stayed a lot longer than he was intending to. Um, but... I mean, if he comes back, he comes back. It'd, it'd be really cool to see. Um, if we can get him and Dakota Kai in the same promotion, whether it's Impact, Dynamite, or AEW, or, or King Koda, I just baby. need both of them. I need King both Koda. of them in the same promotion. They're so 
that when <laughs> when that busted challenge was going around and Dakota Kai does it, Malcolm is like, what do you think you're going to see? No, nah, no, nah, what do you think you're going to see? Now we're going to watch Scooby-Doo WWE right now. Come on, come on, watch it with me. That's one of the best. That's one of the best TikToks out there, dude. Malcolm Bivens is so fucking hilarious. But, um, but yeah, man, I thought this segment was great. Um, the, the, this this setup immediately for Hookhausen taking on Tony Nese and uh, Smart Mark Sterling at Double or Nothing on your buy-in. So very excited about that. I've always tuned into the buy-in, but now I'm way more excited for the buy-in at the the thought of Hookhausen. Oh yeah, baby, I agree. I agree. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep trucking, dog. MJF and Wardlow had their contract signing. Oh my god! Know. Oh, what? Let's let me break down the, the let me break down the premise of this, and then we'll go deep diving. I, I, so I just want to say I just want to say real quick, my cousin, who's the biggest WWE mark, said this was one of the, this is probably the best thing he's ever seen. Dude, <laughs> everything about this segment was gold. So as you know, ladies and gents, MJF and Wardlow. Where to have a contract signing because MJF's giving Wardlow the match he wants. Wardlow versus MJF will happen. Here's the contract. Here's all the minutia and here's all the requirements I'm going to need from you. Wardlow comes out, of course. No theme song, no entrance, no grandiose thing, anything. And the crowd's booing him because they're in, they're in New York, Long Island, and that's MJF's backyard. So it's always going to be the MJF crowd. This man comes out. To a Dark Side of the Ring, a recently canceled Dark Side of the Ring documentary intro with Chris Jericho providing voiceover. And that was so good. He's like, I hate MJF. Wait, how much is he paying me? Okay, I love MJF. <laughs> so good. So fucking good. Go off, baby. Oh, my God, man. Everything about this was freaking perfect from Sean Spears doing the 10 lashes with this perfect 10 uh, hats in front of Wardlow. To Wardlow's mannerisms, to Wardlow being the shit out of all the referees, to him getting his hands on MJF and teasing us with that powerbomb symphony. The the dark side of the ring was amazing and perfectly good. MJF had a huge, huge, huge promo. And like uh, you, you hear the stories that he's unhappy with his contract situation. Tony Khan, why the fuck are you even like considering letting this dude go? Like if I'm MJF, I let my contract expire and then I see who's going to give me more money. And obviously, I think WWE would and probably give you more stuff. And also, depending on how they book Cody Rhodes, you could go from there. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I Unrelated, but I think MJF might actually leave <laughs> when his contract's up. But, dude, man, this guy. Oh, so good with this bro, promo, man. Bro, when they were doing the uh, the the little vignettes of the, the interviews and Taz was just constantly saying, turn off the camera, turn off the camera. Like he was so like, he was so <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> it was so good, dude. This is how you do promos. It was God, this entrance. Every time he comes to they go they go to Long Island. MJF's always gonna have one of the best entrances or segments of the night and this was no different there uh, i really love how aw embraced the fact where these people are from and incorporating to the show like if mm-hmm. if san like if a san antonio show i know thunder rosa is going to be there and they're going to feature her prominently and she's going to put on for the city like it's just good stuff even if she was a heel or she was a face like if she if she comes out as the biggest heel on the planet i'm cheering her ass i'm making her look like she's <laughs> the hometown hero like that's just good shit that the, the AEW does. And I love how, like, MJF is beloved and CM Punk. Like, he just has a bone to pick with New York. Like, because you like MJF, I don't care if y'all don't like me. I'm going to be a dick to y'all because fuck you. And MJF is like, hey, these are my people. I love y'all. <laughs> like, it's so good. God. MJF coming out in, like, 
uh, shaking people's hands and like leaning into the crowd and getting hugs and like fist bumping, pointing at signs. It's so fucking cool to see, dude. And you have to imagine that part of that is like MJF, like, you know, he never breaks character. So that's probably one of the few times he actually is out there having fun, like, and can show that he's having fun, but it's, you know, within the realm of kayfabe and storyline for his character. It's so great. I love everything about this. The uh, the, the biggest things to come out of here is Wardlow has agreed to take 10 lashes next week on Dynamite in Houston, which I will be attending. Very excited. Uh, and he also agreed to a Sean Spears uh, cage match uh, with MJF as the special guest referee before he can get his hands on MJF. So, um, man, if, if Wardlow actually does go on to win, and I can't imagine he doesn't go on to win a double or nothing against MJF, he's going to be on, like, what, uh, a, a seven or eight match win streak going in? You're like, if God, that's insane to think about. I'm so curious how this segment's going to go because I feel like it's going to have a lot of callbacks to Cody's uh, lashes and even Sean Spears, not Sean Spears, uh, MJF mentioned Cody in the promos. Like, Cody, I, I still talk to Cody roller coaster or something like, some <laughs> like Ro- that. Yeah, ro- roller coaster. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> the roller coaster. Oh. <laughs> but, like, I, I feel like this is going to be such a contrast to the Cody segment where it was like, damn, this heel is beating up the baby face and the baby face is coming out. Like, He's getting the Final Fantasy uh, power up at the end when they were confronting the final boss with all your friends telling you, you got this and you're going to get through this and stuff like that. I feel like with with the 10 lashes here with Warlow, he's going to take him like a champ, mm-hmm. but it's going to be like literally taunting the fire, like taunting the bull. Like you're like you're prying the bull and the bull's just looking at you like, oh, like I, I, I'll do, he's going to be like, I'll do whatever you want me to do at this point. The pain ain't gonna be enough. You're just gonna see me get more and more pissed. And like, it's basically just gonna highlight how scared MJF is gonna be of Warlow. And I bet she's gonna sell like a fucking champion, bro. My my dream for this is, you know, he takes the first three like at a steady pace, and he like he begs MJF is like, is if like that's all you got, like if you if that's all you got, you ain't gonna live against me in a match. And I hope MJF goes from like four to nine like real quick in succession. And Wardlow asks for it. He takes the 10th one. And then that's it. He walks off. Wardlow is the first to exit the ring. And he says, I'll see. He looks at Sean Spears, says, I'll see you next week. And then the fear on MJF's face. I just need Wardlow, like you said, to take this like a champ. No fear. Shows a little bit of pain because it still fucking hurts. But, like, it doesn't matter. What happens in the now doesn't matter to when I finally get my fucking hands on you. That'll be, that'd be the best, I think, outcome for this segment. I a hundred percent agree, dude. I'm, I'm, I, oh man, like I need to see how scary this warlow is gonna be and how shit scared, shitless MJF is gonna be, man. I'm, I'm so excited for this. So so excited. I love Wardlow. I love Wardlow so much. Moving on though, the FTW Championship was defended as Ricky Starks took on Jungle Boy. Really great match. Two of the two of the most prominent figures, young figures of AEW. Ricky Starks and Jungle Boy, so good. Uh, Jungle Boy showing way more charisma in this match, hitting the Ricky Starks pose after a kip was really great. Uh, Ricky Starks ended up defeating Jungle Boy to retain the FTW Championship. Afterwards, uh, Christian comes out, and, man, they're slowly teasing this still, man. Uh, it looked like he was hesitant to hug Jungle Boy, but he still did. So um, I wonder what, if any, uh, slow burn we're going to get out of that. Uh, it feels like it's been going on for a couple months at this point, so we'll see what happens, but... 
Um, Swerve also did inadvertently cost Jungle Boy the match when he came out to uh, confront a cheating Ricky Starks, but this drew the attention of the ref away uh, as he tried to get Swerve out of the arena, and then Ricky Starks was able to hit the Rochambeau on Jungle Boy for the win. So it feels like they're setting up maybe a, a three-man tag match, you know, Swerve and Keith Lee versus Hobbs and uh, Starks versus uh, Jurassic Express for the AEW titles. I feel like Christian's uh, gonna turn, but I just want to know what the, the the outcome is. Like, is it like Jungle Boy? You can't get your shit together, or maybe I need a turn because I need you to understand. To step something. it up, dog. Yeah. Like, I wonder yeah. what the the reason for the turn would be. I think, I think after they lose the tag team titles, I think that's when you get a very prominent Jungle Boy versus Christian uh, story. Um, maybe Christian just, again, is fed up with all the losses they've had lately. He came in and gave them, uh, his good faith and, and managing them and being in their corner. But if they're losers, why are you going to waste Christian's legendary, like legendary time? Um, and I think Christian is due for a little bit of a heel turn. Um, it would be refreshing. Yeah. It would be a little bit refreshing. Yeah. So definitely see how that plays out. I think that'd be a good, that'd be really good couple of matches between jungle boy and christian uh christian versus luchasaurus would be good too i always forget how tall christian really is but dude's dude's a, dude's a little dude's a little tower big fan how, big how fan. tall is he again like five six six five six four i uh i think that's a little taller than what he is but yeah i think he he's definitely above six let me mm-hmm. see I'm looking it up he is six two. Six oh, okay he's a little bit tall he's he's like an inch taller than me yeah, I, I forget how tall he is sometimes, but yeah, he's, whatever. He's a, he's a big, he's a big boy, a little big old <laughs> Canadian, a little cook, a little Canuck. But uh, moving on, the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society came out for their victory speech, uh, talking about how they beat down Eddie and Santana and Ortiz. This was the segment that lost me a little. Uh, this is my potty break. Uh, I was like, all right, I was like, I told Andy, all right, tell me what I missed. Like, I don't need to see the Jericho Appreciation Society either. Gonna come out, run their spiel, probably have a fight with uh, Eddie Santana again. Like, okay, you, no, you got no, you can you miss you can you miss Daddy Magic Mike? Okay, you know what makes my nipples hot? <laughs> I I heard it, I heard it. I didn't mean I heard it. I was just like, oh, I don't need to see this. Like, it's dude, yeah. I love that man so fucking much, dude. Like that, like, he makes it for me. If if it wasn't so recycled, whenever they do their their segments, I'd be a little more interested. But uh, the part, like I said earlier, that brought me back in was uh, the Blackpool Combat Club, dude, making their way down the ramp. Uh, Wheeler Yuta, Brian Danielson, and John Moxley uh, staring down the team of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Jericho goes, you know, hey, it's hey, it's still five on three. You're stupid. And in my head, I. I could have 17 on those three men and I'm still I'm still the underdog. I'm I would fucking back down from the Blackpool Combat Club. But Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz show up making it a 6 on 5 beatdown and uh dude, I love Eddie. He really commits to everything because he looked like he was going to bite and like murder Jericho when they were fighting on top of each other. So good. So fucking good. So I wonder if this might lead to a stadium stampede between Blackpool Combat Club, because as you know, Wheeler Yuta is going to be in Japan doing the Best of Super Juniors tournament. 
So you could always just do the team of Mox and Danielson teaming up with Santana, Ortiz, and Eddie Kingston to take on the Jericho Appreciation Society in some kind of big, maybe stadium stampede, maybe just uh, five on five. Who knows? Who knows where that's going to go? Yeah, man. Uh, I, I thought that they were leaning towards homicide or bringing in someone at, like at the LAX union. Yeah, you mark. Yeah, I got, you know, whatever. <laughs> you got work. Oh, stop this. Stop the go. Does Homicide still wrestles, right? Yeah, he just wrestled yeah. in GCW not that long ago. Yeah, he's doing his thing, man. Big big chungus. That's right. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, this segment was pretty good. Like I said, um, the Blackpool Combat Club really brought it back for me because I love everything they do. But um, we'll see where that goes. We'll see where that goes. It's not my most anticipated storyline uh, in, in AEW right now, but I'm willing to see how it plays out. Uh, moving on, your one and only women's match of the show was Tony Storm taking on Jamie Hayden in an good shit. quarterfinal. Good shit. Good, good shit. shit. I loved this match. This was, again, proving that AEW just needs to let their women go out, do their thing, and they're going to fucking tear it up. Because Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter might have been my match of the card, if I'm being like perfectly honest. And you are not far off, man. I really enjoy these matches. Tony's, it's evident Tony Storm was so wasted in WWE and giving shit storylines and shit creative. And she was just, like, these women are so talented, man. Just, like, like you said, let these women do what they do best. So let these wrestlers do what they do best. And go fucking mm-hmm. wrestle. Go, just like, hey, you got 15 minutes? Go to town. Go tear it up. I got go faith. Tear it up, dog. Prove, prove me why you're fucking Tony Storm. Prove me why. You're, like, shit. These wrestlers did so badass, man. Those are great yeah, back dude. and forth match. And, and you know, I, I, I'm curious. I, I hope Jamie Hayter gets her own story with Britt Baker at some point where, you know, the tensions come alive and stuff like that. And she gets the MJF versus Warlow treatment. But I don't know if Jamie Hader's being treated that that poorly, you know, in a sense. No, no, I think she, I think she's filling her role very perfectly, being the big muscle um, behind Brit. Um, me and Annie for a long time have said that we think that her ceiling is much higher if she's you know if she if she's away from Brit. I've always been a Jamie Hader fan since Stardom. Um, I've really I've always loved her in ring work, and th- this was another match that just highlighted that, dude. Um, like I said, me and Annie, were, we've been wanting her to break away from Brit. I thought this Owen Cup was a, a perfect way to do it, but as soon as they brought in Tony Storm, it felt like that was inevitable, especially when they matched him up in the first round of the tournament. I felt like Tony was always going to go over, but, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, just give me more Jamie Hayter matches on TV because she's so fucking good, dude. She and 100% is really good. Again, the eventual Brit versus Jamie Hayter. I love when they were teasing the tension between them already when – Tony Schiavone was like, if Hater wins and you win, like y'all would face each other next. And then you could tell Britt was a little bit scared. Jamie was just confident, and Britt was like, yeah, the, the better women will win. The better wrestler will win that match. Um, and I think we all know where that would have gone. Jamie Hater going over, but uh, really interesting stuff. I'm really, I'm really excited for the rest of this uh, Owen Hart tournament to to go down. Very it excited. Def- it definitely would have been. It definitely would be well deserved. You know. Yeah, like, yeah, they they can. I think they can make Jamie Hader a really good baby face. Um, she's she's already got the in ring uh, going on. Uh, give give her some promos, establish herself, and I think you can off to the races. And Britt Baker is such a good heel to go again, so it wouldn't be hard to root for Hader in that scenario. 
No, not at all. I agree. Yeah. Fun stuff, dude. I'm really happy with how uh, these last few women matches in, in AEW have been going. But moving on to your main event, Jeff Hardy took on Darby Allin for the in the Owen Cup quarterfinal. And this match, midway through the night, became no disqualifications because I was not excited at the fact when they announced this at the top of the show, this was going to be the main event because I didn't need a long Jeff Hardy technical match. He shut me up. No DQ. Yeah, exactly. They shut me up. (laughs) Tony Khan heard me bitching on my couch in my chones, and he was like, all right, I bet. I'll make no DQ. He's like, okay, fuck you, Kyle. (laughs) Fuck you. And, bro, this match was fucking nuts. Are you kidding me with all these spots they did? Holy shit, I thought thought Darby was, like, going to need to be carted out. Holy fuck. The, The swanton off the ladder onto a pile of chairs where it looks like Jeff misses catching him completely and Darby's spine full on hits the back of a chair and he lays on it for like three seconds before it falls and he finally hits the floor. Oh my God, that spot. I never need to see that kind of spot again from Darby. What a, what an insane little human being. Darby's gone on a record and say he doesn't want to wrestle like past like what, 35 or something. And, and if he doesn't want to spine either, he doesn't want to be walking, you know, by 35, he's doing a good job of it. I mean, I'm entertained and stuff, but at some point it's like, Jesus Christ, man. I, I guess I would trust him a little bit enough to, like, you got to go to ring general like Jeff Hardy and everything and stuff. And I know we've, we've harped on Jeff maybe doing the swanton a little bit too many times, but um, I still believe that these, well, these, these dudes know what they're doing, right? So I'm not going to harp on them about, shit really like they're the professionals yeah. i'm not and and like matt has said uh jeff's uh adjusted his landing of the swanton bomb so that more of his weight lands on his opponents because for the longest time jeff would basically touch his opponent with the back of his neck and he would just full-on back slam onto the mat so now he's you know I- i'm sure no one really cares either like jeff hardy's given so much to the business with his body like if I need to suffer by taking all of Jeff's body weight on my on my abs for a little bit, like for one move, it's fine. Jeff Hardy's done a real good job. He lands all of his weight on his opponents now. Um, man, Jeff Hardy hit the swanton on the steel steps. Uh, Darby Allen hit a coffin drop on the on the apron off the ladder or a swanton off the ladder. This was insane. This is exactly what it needed to be. I do think that Darby should have gone over. Mainly because the next match in the Owen Cup semifinals is going to be Jeff Hardy taking on Adam Cole. And you okay? You okay? You went a little bit distant. Did you, oh, your dog's I? giving you shit. Oh no, 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 no! I think I just backed away from him. I was slowly backing away as I was. Thinking, oh, okay, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, how's that? Is it better? Good. Yeah. By the way, like All you right. might hear me sip some water. I'm trying to stay hydrated and stuff. So yeah, yeah I edit all the... that out. I'm editing yeah. all that out. Don't worry. <laughs> you hear the cup but... jiggling a little bit. But yeah, the next match is the semifinal for the Owen Cup. Jeff Hardy taking on Adam Cole. It's definitely not going to be a spot fest like that, where it can be easy to hide the the kind of the cracks in how Jeff Hardy can go now. But I'm not really excited to see Adam Cole versus Jeff Hardy. I would have much rather preferred to see Darby Allen taking on Adam Cole because we all know Darby Allen can go technical wise, and I think a I think a Darby versus Adam Cole in a technical highlight would have been the way to go with this next match. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, 
shit, man. I kind of lost my train of thought real quick. I got it. I got it. You, you, you know, like sometimes you get like those text messages or something happens and you're just like, you focus on that real quick because it's just like, oh, boom. And then you try to go back to what you're doing. You're just like, fuck. Yeah, That's happened to me. I'm having, oh. I'm, having a, I'm having an old man moment right now, dude. It's all good, dog. But anyway, like I said, I, I'm just not personally excited uh, for Adam Cole versus Jeff Hardy. But I'm I, sure those yeah, two yeah, men will tear it up. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, it's going to be more of a technical showcase. And that's the point that you're that's the point you're making. That's what I was going to say, too, is like, I don't know how good Jeff Hardy is right now in a technical match. I feel like he's more of a special attraction. Like, I don't really want to see him working week to week because it just looks like he's in pain a lot of the time. But um, and Adam Cole's Adam Cole's a little bit of a spotty guy sometimes, you know, like Panama Sunrise. What the fuck? Hell no. Yeah. Like the, like the, the Panama Sunrise spot and everything like. I'm not saying it's bad or anything. It's just like you know, I can't, like I'm trying to picture Jeff Hardy taking a, a Panama sun, Sunrise right now. And yeah, nah, it's a, nah, that's a goofy. That's a goofy take. Adam Cole is one of the most consistent in ring to the day. I'm not. I'm not arguing that Adam Cole is going to be the problem. I'm just saying like when he does his oh, spots, but like fair, the Panama yeah, Sunrise, fair. I don't know how Jeff Hardy's going to be. You know, like I, I hope he's he can perform the move and everything pretty decently enough. Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting. Um, but I mean, there, there, there it is for Dynamite. I'm gonna do, uh, I'm gonna do some kind of quick hits for Rampage because not a lot happened, but I will talk about like the main storyline stuff because I really want to get to the preview for next week's Dynamite. But Death Triangle defeated Butcher Blade <laughs> and Mark Quinn, uh, coming back for the first time since reuniting after Ray Phoenix is coming back from his injury. The House of Black confronted them after the end of the match. Uh, showed up, no punches were thrown, and then they disappeared as fast as they showed up. Next match was Sean Spears defeating Bear Boulder. And my God, dude, Sean Spears is one of those guys who, you know, you can look at him and say he's got muscle and you know he's pretty strong. But the way he dead ass just lifted Bear Boulder and slammed that boy, that's a big man. That's like 280 pounds or so. Sean of Spears meat. picked him up. <laughs> oh, Schmeet, dog. Schmeet. <laughs> and Sean Spears picked him up in a fireman's carry like it was fucking nothing. Like he was moving his little baby chihuahua to the fucking couch. So crazy. <laughs> Come on, coward. <laughs> oh, Sean Spears is always going to be a little underappreciated, but he's going to be way more appreciated once he's finally all done and retired. So good. I, I, so good. I, I, I 100% agree, man. Sean Spears is heavily, heavily like underestimated and stuff of just how good he is. Like I think Jim Ross mentioned it too in the commentary. Like you ever seen a guy who's just right there? And he could be there. He could be that guy. He's got to do some things here and there. The only reason why Sean Spears isn't that guy yet is because he chooses not to be because he wants to do. He put he puts over everyone else and stuff and bless his heart. Like I, I, I'm a Sean Spears mark man. Like I, I, I don't want to hear no fucking slander about him. He does everything he needs to do to the T, and it's so good. Yeah, he like like when uh backup man. It's gonna go way back, but when Avery Bro was on here, she talked about. Uh, training over there, flatbacks with him, and I mean nothing but positive things about Sean Spears. He gives back so much to the business, and during training with with all the new people coming out of flatbacks over there, and good for Sean Spears. I love Sean Spears. Very, very amazing dude in wrestling. Uh, your next match was another Owen Cup tournament's uh, quarterfinal match. Ruby Soho defeated Riho, and this match was fucking great. I loved the character work in this match. Riho closing her ears to Rancid because it was too loud. Uh, Ruby has, I, I have been very critical and critical of Ruby's performance in the ring, but, uh, these past couple matches have been really 
stepping up in leaps and bounds. Everything she's been doing lately has been looking smooth. Uh, and I'm just I'm very happy with how Ruby got a few matches on Elevation and Dark to to you know really elevate her game because I mean she's been looking so great, so fluid in these last few matches, and Riho was a perfect opponent for her. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like, I really put Ruby over in a really good way, man, because like she defeated a former world champion. Rio's really good for who she for who she is too. Like, I like that was a moment where when she first appeared and she was wrestling, and like this was Dynamite was first starting, and I you could tell Jr. knew nothing about her, and he was just trying to put over the match. And I think in his head he didn't know if she could go, but then he saw her perform on the corner and work the corner. And you could tell the moment he got in and realized this chick knows what she's doing. This woman knows this professional wrestler knows what she's doing and she's good as shit. And he was like, you could, you could hear the interest immediately, like the passion come ignited as he was watching her perform. And exactly. Uh, yeah. Like, like real, real. I'm so glad she has that accolade. And I honestly hope she becomes a two time champion at some point too, because she's so fucking good. But you know, Ruby, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad Ruby, Ruby, Ruby won because, I want to see what she could do when she's chasing the gold or she's chasing like some act like what, what, what is her, you know, what's her, what's her thing going to be? Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, I mean, going back with Riho, dude, like you can tell she's worked with Kenny cause she hit the V trigger. She hit a Snapdragon suplex and she has one of the best bridges for, uh, for suplexes I've seen. Um, Riho is so good. And again, really hope they just use, they use more of her. Because, as we said, when you let these awesome wrestlers go out and do their thing, men or women, they're going to tear it up and have the crowd invested. It's exactly what Ruby and Riho did in this match. Mm-hmm. I agree, man. Big fan. Big fan. Hopefully we see more of them, Just uh, not just for only tournaments. But anyway, your <laughs> AEW Rampage main event was Scorpio Sky taking on his former SCU and former tag team champion uh, partner, uh Frankie Kazarian for the TNT Championship. Uh, this match was really good. A lot of callbacks to them working as a team. The men really knew each other inside and out of the ropes, countering, uh, taking each other's hits like nothing. Really good stuff. Um, I don't think there's ever a doubt in my mind that Scorpio is going to retain. This was a really good first TNT title defense for him. Um, before I, I the match, he talked. I didn't to, like to up? finish. I didn't like to finish the interview. Oh, I loved it. I loved every second of it. Let me I, let me let me give some backstory real quick because before the match, Scorpio Sky talked about how he was going to bring prestige and honor back to the TNT title. Um, he told Dan Lambert and Ethan Page to take the night off because he was going to honor this match. He promised, really, really looking like he was going to turn face and break away from the American Top Team, you know, Men of the Year group. Um, and during the finish of the match, uh, Ethan Page comes out. Uh, to destroy or Dan Lambert comes out to distract the ref. Ethan Page comes out, hits uh hits Frankie over the head with a title. Uh, after Frankie was basically gonna tap out Scorpio with the 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 chicken wing, and Scorpio hits his finisher, gets the pin, wins, and Frankie's like, oh fuck off, like you your your boy's cheater for you. Scorpio kept saying like I had nothing to do with it, and he confronts Ethan Page. Ethan Page. Fire and emotion on another level all the time on the mic comes out and says, yeah, I did. What are you going to do about it? Like, is it me or is, is it the group or is it about you? 
and they square off him and Scorpio getting in each other's face. Scorpio turns around and fucking hits Frankie with the title. I loved it. They duped all of us. We wanted Scorpio to turn face. Fuck that. He's staying with Dan Lambert in the end of the year. I fucking loved all of this. I just didn't like the finish because it's like I rather have seen him one clean and then they do a square away and then they go do their separate ways and that's it. I, I thought it was a little bit overbooked, but with that ending, yeah. Like it, it's not bad. It's just you know, I just didn't like the finish, but I'm okay with it. And I'll, I'll live. I mean and and Sammy and Ty come out, you know, and Ooh. Dan Lambert gets on the mic. Ooh. And you you know, you know your faves. Padme and Anakin come out and no, don't insult me. <laughs> hey, your boy Alan Angel said that Pam that Padme and Anakin were basically Sammy and Gamora. Sammy and Ty are the Anakin and Padme of the wrestling cinematic universe. Oh, all right? fuck off. <laughs> your boy said it. Don't get mad at me. Fuck off. But Did he say that? I'm, I'm about to go back and listen to him. And when I see him again, I'm yelling at him. You like, how dare you? Were you? There, you how were there dare for the you? interview. How dare you? But anyway, anyway, I they come out and he, here's where. I got a bone to pick so, with Don Angels. Here, here's some things that I have a bone to pick with 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 Dan Lambert because I, I loved it for a long time, but I feel like we're getting to the part where we're we're getting to uh, agreeing with the heel through misogyny a little bit. You know, he's been just calling her a bitch, a floozy. He called her whorehousing, and it's like, oh, you could dial that back. Like it's kind of cheap. Um, like MJF, when MJF uses misogyny, uh, it, it's because he's the bad guy and everybody boos him because, you know, boo misogyny, it's bad. But with, but with Dan Lambert recently, he, he, he's, he's making these comments and it's cheap and the crowd cheers. And I feel like it's going to just kind of cheapen, uh, it, it, it's just a cheap way to keep progressing. And with the fans cheering it, it's kind of weird. Um, I maybe I, maybe, I maybe a, they maybe they don't like the person who, who the other person more. Yeah, <laughs> but still, like like I, I feel like you can. I feel like there's smarter ways to go about insulting Tammy, Sammy, and Ty without resorting to just calling her a whore. Like that's like bottom of the barrel. I think I just think that there's better ways to do it and make it not feel so cheap. I mean, her and Britt Baker literally had a feud because Britt Baker said all she did is show off her ass. It's like. I mean, yeah, but I no, think, yeah, I, I, but I, nobody I, was booing. Nobody was booing uh, Ty and calling her calling her whorehousing because she's showing her ass. That no one gave a shit. That was just like a throwaway comment. Eh, I don't know, man. I, I think you're you can be adult enough to separate what you like and and don't like and stuff necessarily. And yeah, of I, I I I think just you know from. When they do these promos and stuff, I'm pretty sure, like, hey, this is what I think I should say. Like, they're, they're, they're working a story together and stuff, and maybe that's their way to, to do it forward, and it's obviously getting the cheers and reactions they want. I, I saw the same Reddit thread, and I'm just like, yeah, I mean, you know, eh. Yeah, uh, like I said, I just I just think it's a little cheap. I think there would be better ways to go about it, but yeah. it is what it is. Um, is. I'm not, I'm not going to, like, boycott the product or anything. I'm not going to demand Disney give me – I'm not going to be like you and demand an apology from AEW. Yo, uh, no, 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 I'm not I'm not letting that go. I'm not fucking dropping that. <laughs> I'm not so dropping that. Good. Uh, but but, that but, yeah, was... but uh, going back, yeah, I can see what you're saying. And I, I think – I think you, you, you know, you shouldn't probably just – if that's your only shtick – you should probably not have that as your only shtick. 
Yeah, uh, I think we both know Dan Lambert is much smarter and much more uh, well-versed in vocabulary to make really good, hard-hitting, like, just smack him around with your promo, dog. You don't mm-hmm. have to resort to the lowest common insult. but Lowest hanging fruit, you know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's like, that's, that's like high school stuff when you get broken up with over text because your third-period girlfriend saw you and your seventh-period girlfriend hanging out, like, and then you start calling her a whore and you get everyone else doing it. Like, that's like... That's high school level. Yeah, let's, that, that, let's step that, it that, up that, a little bit. Dan that is Lambert. high school. That is high school. And on that let's same just, token, on that same token, Sammy and Ty should step it up and stop yeah. being a high school couple on, on screen. So yeah, they'll have to show on you for being high school. Be mad. Yeah. Be mad, Nathan. But uh, let's see. What are we at? Hour 37 on recording. Bet. I want to talk real quickly before we wrap up the preview for the Houston show that I'm going to because. And he said it best, dude. When AEW comes to Texas, they stack the fucking card all the time. This show will be known as Wild Card Wednesday, another themed episode. Um, the matches include Adam Cole taking on Jeff Hardy in the semifinals of the Owen Cup Tournament. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly taking on Ray Phoenix in the quarterfinals, which I am very excited for. I feel like that's going to be match of the night. That's going to be a sleeper match because both of these guys can fucking go. I love both of them. Kyle O'Reilly is one of my all-time favorites. Ray Phoenix is one of Annie's all-time favorites. So going to be some button heads over that match. Uh, you have Wardlow taking on the 10 lashes like we talked about earlier. Uh, Jericho and Regal are going to have a face-to-face confrontation, renewing their WWE rivalry from the 2000s. Very fun stuff there. Uh, and then you have the two Joker matches of the Owen uh, Hart Cup uh, quarterfinals. You got Britt Baker, DMD, taking on the Joker, which, I mean, come on, bro. It's in Houston. It's got to be Athena, formerly yeah, I, known I, as Ember Moon. Yep, I think so, too. And Ember, uh, Ember Moon coming in and pinning Britt Baker clean would be a hell of a push. I don't think I, I think that should be what happens. I think I think a smart way to craft the story if you want to move on with Britt versus Jamie Hayter is you have Athena win, right? Maybe Jamie Hayter can interfere because she gets held back by Tony Storm, who just beat her. Britt Baker yells at Jamie Hayter like, hey, why didn't you help me? Now we're both out of the tournament. Do you not give a shit? Are you just stupid? And then you can slowly build that tension going into double or nothing, or maybe even a little bit after. I think that's an easy way. Athena gets the hometown pop being trained by Houston's own Booker T. Uh, I think that's going to be a loud pop if it's, if it if it really is Athena. I'm very excited to see who the Joker is for the the women's match. Mm-hmm. Uh, the men's is the the men's Joker match is next week too, right? Yeah, yeah. That's okay. that is the the other match on the card. Samoa Joe. Taking on the his Joker. opponent, baby. This is, gonna, this is who I need. Now, this now is listen. who I need. This now is listen. who I need. God, I know you. I know Owen's you love favorite Mira. champion. <laughs> I know you. Lo- I know you love Miro. I don't think it's Miro. Uh, the song says it's Miro. I'm hearing Miro. I'm hearing the mythical conqueror coming back to re to uh re- be Owen's favorite champion. Uh, I yeah, hope he yeah, comes I, out and says that. He needs to fucking redeem your brain. You got fucking gas brain over there. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, uh, I just want to see Miro, bro. I I think be a full heel. Mira, say you know, I don't, I that, that Mira, wouldn't be bad, think, right? If he said he's Owen's favorite champion, or something like that. Right? No, no, that wouldn't that wouldn't be in bad taste. I think yeah. Miro has maybe a twenty percent chance. I'm leaning more towards Cesaro. Claudio, I think if you do, 
Yeah. I think if you do two debuts, I think this is an easy way to do it, especially with the Jokers. But mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, I'm just very excited. I'm going to be able to see Samoa Joe wrestle live. I'm going to see Kyle Riley, Ray Phoenix. And I don't know if this is the main event. It probably isn't. Uh, it's not the premise of this entire car. But your AEW World Champion Hangman Page is going to take on DDT's Kanosuke Takeshita. Oh. And I, am, I texted you. I'm so fucking excited Elated that I'm gonna see Kanosuke Takeshita live. That guy's Holy a superstar. Shit. I hate using the word superstar, but that that dude has it. I, I've seen so, people so good. I I oh, so, so here's another gripe with the IWC and dumb wrestling fans. They don't know how to use the right terms for things. I've seen so many comments saying another Japanese wrestler coming a job for AEW, and I don't think they understand what the fucking word job means. Okay, Jim Cornette, fucking, all those Jim Cornette fans out there freaking... Just because you lose doesn't mean you're jobbing. You're taking on the world champion of the promotion. Getting your offense like, in and everything. Exactly. If Kanosuke gets even the slightest amount of offense in, it's not a fucking squash. It's not a job. He's getting the rub from Hangman, getting to work with the champion of this promotion, and these two men are going to fucking tear it up. I might just leave after that match because I don't know what's going to follow that up. I'm so excited to see Hangman. I think Hangman's had a match most times that they've come to Texas. Um, I've goddamn Tony Khan, give me a break. Don't come to Texas for a little bit after this match, like after this card. Let me <laughs> let me save some money. Starting a new job. Got to start saving for for our future. Let let don't make me spend more money on this company. Give me a break, Tony, please. Hey, there's a new unrivals. <laughs> the new unrivals. <laughs> Oh, I know, dude. Series nine, the Thunder Rosa looks sick. I'm yeah, that one looks I, good. I, I don't care about like chases or rare figures. Like, I think that's kind of a waste of your time and money if you try and go after those. But I want that Thunder Rosa chase variant figure. That I w- that yeah. looks sick as fuck. I would buy the Thunder Rosa one as well. Oh, I'm telling you, dude. Dude, it's a slippery slope. You get one toy, and you're like, well, I might as well get this whole series. And then you're like, well, I can't have just one series. And now I have a fucking. I'm on my third wall. Of all of my toys in my office. I'm on my third wall. It, it's not going to be soon. It's not going to be long until we do another interview and you're seeing the wall have the toys behind me. It's, an, it's oh, what a slope I've been on. Yeah, man. <laughs> You've spent a lot of money. <laughs> it's all good, dog. It's whatever. The bills are paid. I'm fed. I'm good. I'm mm-hmm. living, baby. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm very excited for this show. Uh, going to be hanging out with uh, our semi sometimes appearing rarely ever i don't remember the last time he was on here co-host dj me and Andy are gonna be hanging out with him in in h-town get some grub have some beers getting big very excited very might go to the beach with uh with annie and hang out work on this farmer's tan i got all fucked up from work very very excited to to go to h-town this past this next week Dude, I got some recommendations if you want to go to a brewery, get some beers, get get some good foods. Like head to St. Arnold's, head to Buffalo give, Bayou, make sure you get to the third floor. Good food. Me, you get that yeah. wonderful city give me, view. Give me, give me some of your best fried pickles and best uh, best uh, hot chicken places you got for H-Town. Send me those. Send those my way. I'll send those your way, yeah. Hell send yeah, dog. Well, I mean, there we go, dude. Another episode down. I think uh, we we covered a lot. We covered toilets. We covered uh, the Premier League. Covered some Marvel. Good, good episode, dog. I feel good about that one. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, uh, like, send the crowd home happy, dog. Oh, you got well, more? Well, what yeah, else you got? Or your, your fried chicken. You want some hot chicken? Like, go to Gus's hot fucking Michael's chicken. hot chicken. Michael, I think it's Miko's hot chicken. Clutch City mm. Cluckers. If, uh, I think it's out of Houston, too. You can find a, the food truck there. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll text you more if, you know, let you know. Oh, yeah, dog. Send the people head. home happy, dog. Let's, let's wrap it up. Yeah, dude, I got a... I was. I'm gonna go to Sam's Club after this because I'm gonna need to go to Sam's Club after this because <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna do some. Oh. I'm gonna do some work in a bit. Oh, dog! Forced and oh, thrown. Look at all the memes. Speak, right, speaking, speaking, uh, I, dude, if you like chicken breast, and I know you're a big chicken guy, all that protein, you gotta get that protein. Sam's mm-hmm. Club has some of the the best chicken breasts that they like that I've seen, and I'm making chicken teriyaki tonight. Oh, so excited for that. Ooh, that's how it's pretty good. Um, oh, you got like man. seasoned chicken breasts and stuff. I need to get a Sam's Club membership, or I just gotta. What my buddies offer me all the time? Hey, we go to Sam's Club. Let us know. We'll do, with you. Honestly, if 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 your buddy's cool with it, let him send you his app info. You log in on the app on your phone. They, it's not the old school days where they used to check like a photo ID. All you need to do is flash the card, and you're golden. It is so easy to fucking just share a membership now. It's so it's so insanely easy. Oh yeah, I might, I might take that. I'll, I'll see what's up, baby. I'll see what's up. Hit it up, hit it up, dog. All right, send us home. All right. By the way, everybody, thank you once again for uh, listening to another episode of Missing the Marks. I think I butchered the beginning again, but uh, we want to thank you for listening to us once again. Um, we enjoy your time. Any, any, anytime you get to sit and listen to us ramble about nothing, <laughs> including wrestling, it's good times, baby. You know we love doing this labor of love. Uh, me and Kyle just enjoy getting together, spitting silly, talking talking nonsense. But, um, yeah, again, once again, we love you. If you really enjoyed us, please rate us five stars. And if you don't rate us five stars, I'll be sad. I'll be a little bit sad. Show's going to cry. Just, just don't even waste your rating. I don't need yeah. – I, I, I look at the five star and I need that validation in my life always. I, so, I mean, just rate us five stars, please. And as always, you can find us on all podcasting services around the world. Including Google Podcasts, around Spotify, world, Apple Podcasts, etc., etc. We got all of our interviews up on YouTube. If you want to see your happy mugs, and it's also we got the, the 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 episodes just lined up on the podcasting services as well. But you have a wonderful week, whatever you're doing. Also, you know, happy belated Mother's Day to all of you. Hope you enjoyed. That was like the- two weeks ago. What are you doing? I know. I'm, the moms always need the love, baby. I, I always give my mom the love. She, I don't need a reminder about Mother's Day. It's fine. <laughs> but, yes. <laughs> yeah, have a good week, everybody. Stay safe. Stay secure. Um, and just, you know, live every day trying to be better than the previous day. And just be a good person. And eat some good fried chicken. Oh, I'm excited. All right. Love you all. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.